Welcome to the Tender Nettle Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk, we're going to talk about plants and... Mostly plant-centered. Plant-centered <laughs> about their uses, about some of the science facts about it, about some folklore. Yeah, there's lots of different plants out there that exist and we kind of want to just get to know them better. Yeah, so we started this a little bit last year, but we're going to start over because we left it for a bit. This is going to be our new episode one, mm-hmm. and we are both interested in plants. Me, more... Yeah. How would I describe it? Um, I'm more interested in like the folklore and the history and different ways to use them, right. and then you're more interested in... Because I'm just kind of interested in plant diversity and ecology yeah, more on the science side of it, and also their names and origins. Oh, I love a name. <laughs> you love a good plant name. So, yeah, new first episode. We're going to talk about chamomile. Chamomile. I always, okay, so here's the funny <laughs> thing, is that I've always pronounced it as chamomile. And I've always pronounced it as chamomile. So, I think this. I, we just looked it up. Apparently they're both right. So if yeah. you pronounce it either way, it's fine. I think it traces back to our accents. <laughs> I'm Canadian. You're American. Yeah. You, you have a, you I have say, a British flair to I your say, words. I say, I say pasta. You I say, say pasta. <laughs> <laughs> you say pasta. I say pasta. <laughs> pasta, pasta, <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> I don't say tomato. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about we British. <laughs> Stop. Okay, so... We're talking about chamomile or chamomile. They both are the same plant, which is not entirely true, actually. There's a few <laughs> different chamomiles. Yeah, so there's lots of different plants that are commonly referred to as chamomile. Um, but there's two species that are used as a popular source of, source of herbal products. Those others, they're maybe just not as widely cultivated or they might have different properties. So the two that are the most popular source of the herbal products that we use are the German chamomile. Its name is Matricaria chamomila and the Roman chamomile, which is Chamomilum nobile. At first glance, they look pretty similar, and they're both native to Europe and Asia. They've kind of spread around the world with the movement of humans, so we have them here um, growing both wildly, as weeds, and in people's gardens. As far as the appearance goes, they have these sort of daisy-like flowers, so it's the white petals um, with a little yellow cone in the middle. Is it because they're part of the daisy family? Yeah, they're part of the daisy or the aster family. Because they look pretty similar. Yeah. It's a big family, so there's lots of different plants around. Daisies, uh, sunflowers, they're goldenrod, all part of that same family. But So, yeah, they have those daisy-like flowers. Some of the small differences between them is that the German has multiple flowers per stem, and the Roman has one flower per stem. And then uh, one of the big differences about their life history is that the German is an annual plant, which means that it grows over the course of a year and then dies. And then the Roman chamomile is a perennial plant, which means that it grows for many years. It just continues and lives through the winter and stuff. Mm -hmm. Again, the German and the Roman. As far as the uses, the German is more widely used for things like tea, and then the Roman is occasionally used for tea, but is mostly used for beauty, health, those sorts of things. 
Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's found all over the world. Some of the top producers are in Central Europe, like Hungary, Poland, Germany, and then other places with a similar climate, like the U.S. and Canada and India and Central Asia. So I read about how the Roman name for them was Earth Apple. Yeah, the name for them, Camomile, means Earth Apple. And that comes from their scent. Mm. Do you ever smell one that has this really like strong, pungent scent? I didn't think it smelled like an apple. When I read this, I was really surprised. I always thought they smelled like sage. Yeah, I wouldn't think apple. But also, I think it's funny because the French word for um, potato is pomme de terre, which means apple of the earth. <laughs> and potatoes <laughs> and chamomile are very different things. <laughs> it's sort of like that chicken thing. It's like chicken of the sea. Chicken of the sea. Apple of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, I thought was really funny. Yeah. It's just like Apple is the most base level thing to compare everything to. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to focus mostly on the Roman and German um, variants of chamomile, because those are the ones, I guess, that are most common. Uh, it's actually really funny because my... I don't know if it's a true chamomile, but there's the one that's, um, that you can use for dyeing, which is like the tinctoria ones and I my Facebook name for years was Coda Tinctoria mm -hmm. which is the um one that was also called Marguerite like golden marguerite mm -hmm. one that you can use for dying with and just because that's my middle name Marguerite yeah <laughs> so it was a type of chamomile but some most people didn't just a thought, lot of people think that your name was Coda yeah I would have people come up to me in real life and be like hey Coda and I'm like oh like that's yeah that's I guess my name that's fine <laughs> works for me that's great you could call me a plant yeah that's I'm secretly a plant I guess it kind of worked out but yeah so I'm gonna talk about the uses of chamomile uh the one that I think everyone is most familiar with is the tea Oh boy, am I familiar. <laughs> I find that actually a lot of people don't really like chamomile tea. Including yourself. <laughs> I, no, it's fine. Oh, I thought you didn't like it. I like it, but it also is the one that I drink a lot if I'm like sick. So I just kind of associate it with being sick. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you only eat something when you're sick and then that food just makes you think of being sick. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I yeah. definitely use it when I'm feeling <laughs> bad. Um, uh -huh. Which is, like, its use, really, is, is for when you're feeling like you have a cold, and, or, like, um, it's good for several things because it is, like, anti-inflammatory, so if you have uh, a stomach ache, or if you have, like, menstrual pain, or mm -hmm. things like that, that's usually what it's used for. It's also really good for your skin, like, I've definitely used the tea bags on my face. My the actual tea bags? Yeah, um, I've used it for when my piercings are <laughs> angry. <laughs> uh, it actually helps a lot with that. I don't like, know if you are supposed to do that, but it has been really helpful. Yeah. I wonder, well, like, do you get it wet and stuff, too, or you mm -hmm. just, like, put the dry Yeah, on? I'll just, like, make the tea and then just use, like, the tea bag after to put on, like, oh. my face. Interesting. I should, I got my ears pierced a month ago, and I, <laughs> they were kind of sore for about a week, so yeah. I should have put them on. Yeah, I've, so I have sleepy time tea every night before going to bed. I'm pretty sure that it's in there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's probably one of the ingredients in the sleepy yeah. time tea. I, I think there's some other things, because I remember looking at the back and it had a mix of stuff. It does have chamomile, I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. And it does make me sleepy. It probably has, like, valerian. Yeah, I think it has valerian. Yeah. So in addition to, like, I guess you were saying that it has these, like, calming and um, 
anti-inflammatory and yeah it is calming so it does soothe your um like nervous system it's a mild sedative Mm -hmm. uh it also reduces muscle spasms which is good for cramps and things like that um and nausea and i was also reading that it has um a chemical in it that is called camazuline which is why it is like helpful for like treating rashes and improving your skin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was actually reading that's one of the things that's different between the two different species of chamomile. There's mm-hmm. the German and the Roman. Yeah. And the German has more camazeline in it, which is, like you're saying, it's the active organic compound mm-hmm. in the plant. But if you extract oil from the German one, it will be a more dark blue. And if you extract it from the Roman one, it's sort of a lighter blue because it doesn't have as much of the, the compound. active compound yeah. in it. That's cool. So, yeah, so the tea is used for a lot of, like, medicinal um, purposes. And, like, the green goblin. Sleep. (laughs) (laughs) There, you can can edit that out and post. You make so many references to things that most people won't get. Well, I think everyone's seen Spider-Man. But I don't know if if everyone remembers that one scene. That's the most famous scene from Spider-Man, besides the Mary Jane and kiss upside down. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so it's also used, uh, going back to the skin care purposes, um, it's also used in, like, beauty products and cosmetics, mostly for skin, for, like, sensitive skin and ones that are, uh, inflamed or, like, puffy and stuff like that. So you can actually make a face toner with it using just, like, the tea. So if you make the tea, uh, and then mix it, you can do it with, like, uh, witch hazel or apple cider vinegar. Um, or, like, glycerin, and it just makes it into, like, an astringent kind of thing for Mm -hmm. your face. So you can, like, wash your face and then add that and then do a moisturizer. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also been used uh, for hair uses as well. It's good for your skin in the way that you can put it on your skin and it helps, but also makes you go to sleep. And sleep is also good for your skin. Mm -hmm. So it's really just looking out for you. Uh, Oh, so going back to the tea... Um, I found this recipe online for a thing called chamomile steamer. Mm. So I really love milky tea. Like, I way prefer to have tea that you can add milk to it. I don't drink actual dairy milk. Like, it's always almond milk. But I don't know. There's just something about milky tea that's way, way better than Mm. not milky tea. Good. Pull back the curtain. You're holding it. <laughs> and I would I literally yeah I am. Right now. I am <laughs> um I don't know why this is I yeah I just really prefer it so I've never added milk to chamomile tea because that just seems wrong to me yeah it's never I've never done that yeah it seems kind of gross actually so I've never done it but then there's this um recipe that I found that you can make it milky it's kind of like a latte almost mm-hmm. um what do you do so what you do is you have a french press and you use one-fourth cup of chamomile buds and then three-fourth of the cashew milk, or I guess you could use, like, any milk you want. Uh-huh. Um, so you heat it up, you, like, you heat up the milk, and then you add all them to your French press, and then you just steep it for a few minutes, and then you plunge it a bunch of times until it's frothy, and then you just pour out, and you can add whatever sweetener you want. Mm-hmm. So you can add, like, agave or, like, a simple syrup or something like that. Yeah, so there's no water in it. It's just, like, milk. You heat the milk and then steep the yep. flowers in the milk. The hot milk. Yes, yeah. Hot milk. <laughs> Why is that funny? It's fun to say. 
Name of our new band. <laughs> Hot Milk. Hot <laughs> Milk and the Chamomile Buds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would be interested in trying that because milky tea is way better. I do like chamomile tea. I will drink it, but it doesn't feel good in my bones. So. <laughs> Makes my bones a little shaky. Yeah, my bones don't love it. My bones like the almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm also going to talk about two more things regarding the uses Okay. I'm going to talk about tinctures. I'm actually not sure even what that word means. <laughs> so a tincture is some sort of usually herb or plant that uh-huh. has been extracted into an alcohol and you can just like take a few drops of it. Okay. So it's kind of like soaked up the essence of the plant material. Yeah. Um, so in this case, just doing a chamomile one is you use the dried flowers, you cover it with boiling water, and then you also add uh, vodka or rum to it, and then you just store in a dark place for four to six weeks, and if you shake it, it gets, like, it's stronger if you shake it every day. Mm-hmm. So it just keeps like that, and then eventually you can strain it into a jar or, like, a little vial, and then, yeah, and then you have a tincture. What do you, what do you use the tincture for? You can add a few drops. You can just, like, add, like, drop do a few drops on your tongue or like add it to a drink. Okay, so then it's supposed to have the same either like health or beauty benefits as... Yeah, so it's just like a really condensed sort of version of the camo. So it's just a, it's just a different, faster vehicle, I guess. Well, not, mm. it's, it's slow to make initially, but then it's fast when you take it. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same as like the essential oils. Like it's very different kind of process. Yeah. Um, and then there's also making bitters, which is more... Tincture is more for the medicinal uses of it. And then bitters are more for, like, adding to cocktails or sort of... I guess the only time I've ever heard the word bitters is in reference to cocktails. They're really similar. Honestly, the process of it is really similar, but I guess it's just different in the way that you can add more stuff to bitters. Like, the bitter, um, you can do, like, several herbs Mm -hmm. or flowers, and then you sort of make a mix of stuff. So I was reading about things that you can mix with chamomile to make bitters, and some that would go good as a combination would be fennel, Mm. uh, cinnamon, cardamom, dandelion, ginger, licorice, things like that. Mm -hmm. Those all sound good for like a a nice winter cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Too bad that if you make it, you have to wait a few weeks for it to kind of infuse properly so that if we made it now, (laughs) it would be spring. Yeah, it's almost spring already. The best, yeah. We got our first snow the other day, but it's almost spring. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading about some of the uses too, but one of the things that was most interesting to me, so a bit more oblique, a bit more underfoot, if you will, <laughs> people use them historically for lawn cover um, in Elizabethan England, but also contemporarily, especially in England. So I was reading about lawns <laughs> and how they were used both historically and sort of contemporarily, and then I just got kind of weird out thinking about why we have lawns <laughs> in general, and it was kind of strange that we all have these big grassy patches in front of our house and I hadn't thought about whether they've always been there. Apparently people have had semi-natural lawns in the past but it was more related to just areas where uh, livestock were grazing and keeping the uh, the plants down in a more pasture-like state mm. um, and so the word lawn came about in the 1500s. That's when it was first used and it was kind of just used to refer to these areas around the house where the livestock would graze and it was more open rather than forest or dense agricultural area. And so initially 
we have these semi-natural lawns, but then later into the 17 and 1800s, people, uh, especially in England and Western Europe, started to grow these lawns out in front of their yard that were purposefully put there. And it was sort of a status symbol because it was this area where you, ha you could afford to not grow crops on it, not raise livestock on it, not use it for building. And then you'd have your servants go out and cut it by hand with scythes and scissors. Um, to keep everything sort of in check. So lawns historically were then associated with the aristocrats, especially in England and Western Europe. And then not until 1830s, the lawnmower was invented and the initial lawnmower was made out of cast iron even then. So it wasn't really available for wide use because a cast iron lawnmower uh, was very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> nobody could really cut it. Sorry, nobody could really move it. They were sort of more mass produced later in the 1800s and then developed more as people left the city and started living in suburban developments. But yeah, we have these lawns. We spend so much of our time mowing them. Go out like every week in the summer, cut all the grass down. Most people go out every week in the summer. We only mowed our lawn one time, I think. Surprisingly, last summer. <laughs> surprisingly didn't get any sort of ticket. Didn't get a notice. I did at a previous house that I lived in a few years ago, but our front yeah, Lyon was fine. It was just our backyard that was quite wild. I don't know how they saw it. Yeah, we got a notice about that because I don't know how it is anywhere else, but here, if your lawn is pretty high, then the city will threaten you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think, like, especially for people like us, that we don't have a lot of mower, we're moving around a lot. And I, I think part of that aspect of moving around all the time and also not having tons of money to spend. We don't have a lawnmower, and I think a lot of people are in a similar position. And so one alternative thing to do is use this historical lawn alternative, um, or it's contemporary in England, um, and use something like chamomile. So you can actually grow chamomile instead of grass, and it will spread out and form a bed. And it grows a couple inches high, but you only have to mow it once a year, so it doesn't really require that much maintenance. I was also reading that the more you step on chamomile, the more it spreads. Oh, I didn't read about that. Oh. I, I don't know why that... Why that maybe that that's probably true yeah i don't know but yeah so the type that you would want to use though is the roman chamomile because it's perennial that means it's existing from season to season it does have the potential to spread mm -hmm. um it can spread through the roots and just grow bigger and bigger so maybe yeah if it has some process that stimulates it to grow and you step on it rather than just dying and leaving its seeds on the ground it will continue to grow and yeah also when you step on it it will it releases the scent <laughs> yeah ground apple scent as it were and one of the other benefits of the chamomile lawn is that it doesn't take that much fertilizer so we use a lot of not we not us but collectively we as a society use a lot of fertilizers for the lawn and it kind of tends to pollute the ground with too much nitrogen so using something that takes lower nit nitrogen is good for the environment generally speaking and yeah also lots of people spend a ton of water keeping their lawns um, well maintained and something like chamomile or other alternative lawns don't tend to need as much water you can cut back on that resource too i myself have never watered a lawn <laughs> in my entire life as in you never had one to water or well no i just never watered it i don't know i just never thought it was necessary where we live too is not that dry or hot <laughs> No, it's pretty fine. Yeah, I mean, we would water all the plants, like the garden, uh -huh. but not very... I would never just actively water just where there was grass. Yeah, and the yard that we have here, since we don't cut it, I think you need to add more water when you are cutting it a lot because it needs to regrow. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
But if you don't cut it, you don't gotta water it. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Also, in the time that people... Like, when the grass turns brown, it's usually because it's, like, the middle of summer and there's a drought where you are not supposed to water your lawn anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I was looking at, we get a garden manual in the mail uh, during the winter time, and it has all these seeds that you can order, and I was looking at it before this, and they have lots of different alternative lawns. They have things like chamomile, or a chamomile mix. Yeah, we do Mm -hmm. actually have some seeds that are the wildflower ones that were planted in our yard last year, and they all, well, not all of them came up, but in one area they all came up, and it was way prettier than just grass. (laughs) It's prettier, it gives resources to insects, so yeah, there's that, there's things like clover, that was in that catalog, and it naturally adds nitrogen back to the soil. And then there's other different grasses that were more. I don't know if you know this, but actually our backyard is mostly just horsetail. Yes, I did know that. <laughs> well, it's not, I, it's got the patches, you know, like yeah. over in the more shady area. Yeah, it's really shallow. For some reason, our backyard is really shallow. Like, there's a lot of concrete underneath it. Yeah. I'm not sure. Anyways, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so I guess those are a lot of the different uses of chamomile. It can be used health, beauty, as a lawn alternative. I thought about chamomile for a long time. Yeah, chamomile is rich with history. <laughs> rich in lore. So a there's a few... Term. I'd have a little bit to talk about with the folklore. There's nothing too intense. So chamomile uh, has a lot of history, mostly in Egyptian and Roman and Greek sort of past. Um, it is associated with the sun mostly because it is, it just looks like a little sun. Mm-hmm. It's a very sunny plant. They used it a lot to treat ailments, as I mentioned earlier, for skin conditions and stomach and that sort of thing. Um, it was used for using as an incense in rituals. Uh, it was considered to instill positive energy because, you know, being associated with the sun, the sun is... <laughs> was a very positive energy source, <laughs> so pretty heavily kind of associated with that, with the sun gods, and there's also a few more specific ones about how it was also uh, associated with luck and money. So there are a few sources that said that uh, in olden times, I always hate like when things are like olden <laughs> times, because like that's not how, really, how old is old? like that could be really any time. Is but... that my grandparents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> apparently gamblers would wash their hands with chamomile hmm. to increase their luck um, because it attracted money. So oh. they would wash their hands with chamomile tea before they went gambling and apparently it brought them luck. I wonder if we should try that next time we have a... A casino night? <laughs> don't, we don't get, I've literally never been to a casino. So. I don't know how to play poker, so... <laughs> I'm not really a gambler. I'll just wash my hands with uh, chamomile. And then hit the kitty glitter. <laughs> I used to go to the casino sometimes, and that was my favorite game. <laughs> just playing the slots. Really, that's all I have the capacity for. Yeah, I... I'm not super into it. I actually hate lottery tickets. Like, I hate <laughs> scratching them. I just don't. It's, it's not exciting for me. Mm-hmm. That was my Christmas bonus. It was a lottery ticket. Yeah. <laughs> not my thing. But apparently, if you're into it, try out Camoile. And then maybe you'll win mm-hmm. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and then also I was reading... I don't know if this is really included with folklore, but... Uh, I also saw that, I don't know if this is, 
a fact, but there were a few sources that said um, chamomile was used as a plant doctor or a plant physician. <laughs> like, kind of strange, but if it was planted next to something that wasn't growing too well or was wilting, that it would get better with the chamomile being nearby. I guess its healing presence goes beyond people. <laughs> the doctor of other plants. It also cures other plants. Huh. I don't know. It might be nice to see some. I tried to look further into it because I would references. like to see if there is any like really specific sort of test or a reference. I couldn't really find anything. Maybe I didn't look that hard. Maybe there's some mechanism that there like, might be, pulls water There might have been... Um, or yeah. redistributes nutrients in some way, but... I don't know. It would be nice to see some hard backing evidence. I would like to see if there was research done. Yeah. So, it's a sun plant. It's a luck plant. It's a doctor. It's a, sleepy t <laughs> it's a sleep time plant. Also, another thing is that it was referenced in Peter Rabbit. You know when you're oh, a rabbit? Right. Yeah, you know when you're just a rabbit and you are in a garden and you get chased and almost killed? And you know what makes you feel better? Just a big old teaspoon of camel tea. Oh, that's the ticket. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's stick this landing. Um, Are you done? I'm. I'm done. You said all your things. Yeah, I think that's everything that I had to say about chamomile. It's a sun plant, a luck plant. You already said all these things. <laughs> okay. So I think we're done. I never know how to end this. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell, Peter Rabbit. <laughs>